0: Anyway, so if you're into David Blaine, that's his new bit: living underwater in an aquarium, kind of like what the boys at the compound did this week. They were kind of in a little bubble, a little box. So I was saying earlier that might have been that might have been the best week of radio from start to finish that the station's ever aired. So some people are saying don't it was definitely the most interesting, where you, <laughs> it was, it was tougher to leave. Uh You know, it really was. Well,
1: it was like, um, I mean, every year some of the best radio is Super Bowl week just because it's one of those all hands on deck kind of thing and there's a lot of that cross-pollination. But this was, you know, that type of atmosphere times Mm
2: ten because they were all in that confined space and they didn't have anywhere else to go. How many more emails did you get this past week versus a normal week, Gordon?
0: Well, I got a lot. It was, um, I don't know, probably... 300 a day yeah and normally i get around 200 a day like that i thought it would be a lot more it's a considerable increase it was certainly an increase in positive email well you know it'd be nice if they either had more webcams or a fisheye lens because a lot of it was really concentrated you could only see a couple guys at a time instead Mm -hmm. of seeing the whole room but all in all i thought it was i thought it was genius Absolute genius. But, but what was the most surprising thing, good and bad, for the week? The surprising thing to me was the fact that it was... Um, as you read email? Oh, no, I just got my ticket head man. card. Oh, sweet. I still haven't got one.
3: Well, I had to sign up for it to view the guy's guide online. Because we had an online guy's guide, and I'm not a ticket head member.
0: Huh. So I had to sign <laughs> up for one to view the guy's guide, and they finally sent me my card. I thought you were hiring status here, but I guess not.
3: No, no. Just a P1 like everybody else. The surprising thing was how well we had it in there. I expected a little bit more deprivation. I wasn't aware going into this that we were going to have all those uh, catered meals and and all the
0: well-stocked fridge and pantry thing. I think next year, if you guys do it, which I, all intents and purposes, you guys should.
2: You should do it in a camping area. Well, there there should just be
0: some more where you either have to get your own food and then guys start stealing each other's food. You know, a little more mayhem going on, but... Well, yeah. Whose personality surprised you the most? Uh. I bet you Norm was a lot. No, Norm is the way he always is. He's always real accommodating in those situations. Oh, okay. Who surprised me the most? Maybe. Dan. Reiner. Reiner more accommodating than usual? Yeah, just, uh, it
3: was really pleasant to just see how much Reiner enjoyed it. And,
1: and that, I don't know, that made me feel good. Hmm. So was there any backlash? Was there any, you guys are patting yourselves on the back too much? or No, any, surprisingly,
3: any... no. And after that segment, I was going, oh, man, that's just painful to listen to how sugary sweet the segment was that we did and uh, reviewing it.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I kind of anticipated some of the, the jealousy emails like, you know, you guys think you have it so hard. Why don't you try and walk in my shoes? Well, we basically
3: said we didn't have it hard. It turned out something differently. But than even we when wanted. you
1: even when you say that, you're living the life that, you know, there were a couple emails that were funny about that. You know that don't complain because you're living the dream.
0: You're not roofing.
1: But you know, I, I expected that there might be some that you know took it on the negative side that they were just so jealous that they'd try and tear you down about it.
3: God, surprisingly, no. There were. The negative emails were always, man, you guys aren't tricking it up. And it was always you guys need to start fighting and pranking each other. It was never the, like you talked about, which we get those a lot, the jealousy-type mm-hmm. emails of someone who just all of a sudden unloads on you, you know, and it seems to be much more about them and their projection of what you feel than what you actually feel.
0: So is was the most shocking incident of the whole week when you pulled the covers back from Dan McDowell? Yes,
1: well, when he was nude when he was nude, was he at least sleeping on his belly? did you um, see full baloney or did you just see <laughs> no, balloons? he stopped
3: me before I saw the full baloney. He grabbed the covers, but it, <laughs> I did reveal the 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 hip bone mag uh maggot white you know side of it, and the <laughs> larva looking.
0: What things crawling on him? No, just you know that you know what I'm talking about. It's just color.
1: It's just
3: the translucent, the milky milky white that's never seen, never seen (laughs) the daylight ever.
0: Working in his rear, beautiful. Oh, well, it brings up an interesting question because I know several people that sleep in the nude. Really? Yeah, and now not necessarily when there's another guy in the room. See, that's what I thought should have changed the way he did what he did. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, with Corby just on the other side of the room.
0: (laughs) But I would think. It would be tough to do just because every time I watch an intruder movie, I'm always thinking the last thing you, you want to like do is combat against right somebody. There. Well, not every P1 can see what you're talking about. I know. You, you just interrupted. Rick. Sorry. I was thinking the last thing you want to do is combat somebody while you're in the nude. You never want to get in a tussle with somebody. I think no. that would be that would put you at a distinct disadvantage. So, distinct disadvantage. Distinct, distinct advantage.
3: Yes. Well, I do. What's going on in these pictures? Let's see me too. All right, so this is the, I guess this is the mailer that we sent out about the ticket compound, and, uh, sorry about that, and um, so you see all these pictures of people. It actually is a pretty funny-looking deal. You got Ryan's in a prayerful motion saying, please get me out of here. Right. Grego looking like the biggest Jerry Clower hick in the world (laughs) with a big old grin on his face. He's got kind of Larry Cable guy look. And then you have George and Craig's eighth grade picture. What, what looks does that like. Look like just kind of the Craig posing looked... of it, just a little bit uncomfortable, oh, yeah. forcing mm-hmm. a smile. And then I am looking out a window, somewhat wistfully almost. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have a dialogue bubble of "Why are we here?" <laughs> so deep, yeah, so deep, and uh, you know, reflective and contemplative.
1: But yeah, that uh, your picture looks almost like it could be. Not an album cover, but more of like a liner notes type picture. Yeah. <laughs> like from a Chris McKinley album. <laughs> yeah.
3: God, this is funny. I wonder if everyone got these. Where these I'm all sure there's just
1: uh, Ticket Head Card
0: members, probably. By the way, you had really good, quick exposure on Friday. That was good <sighs> signage on your back.
3: Oh, yeah. I wore my quick shirt. I meant to wear it on Thursday when the normal column runs, but yeah, Friday was
0: should, just as good.
3: They should be pleased with that. Man, that
0: was... Doing a column every day and that, like what a column? You write twenty words. It's the uh, shortest columns in history. They
3: are short. They're three hundred yeah. words. A normal column is what five, seven hundred words. Yeah, yeah, seven eight hundred words, and these are half of that. Yeah, and sometimes just up under. It's usually three
0: fifty. That was more like a blog. It was more like a two three. Well, yeah, that was blog. the idea. Yeah. And
3: see, I was supposed to only do two hundred words a day. Mm. And then I started averaging...
0: Um, That's barely two paragraphs.
3: Then I started averaging 350 words a day. Right. And so they just said, well, you don't have to do your regular column two, then. We'll just run another blog on Thursday. So you don't have to do...
2: Are you doing it every day now?
0: I, just I was doing it every day for that week.
4: Oh,
2: okay.
0: It's supposed to be updates from inside the compound. I like D Magazine's uh, blog page. What do they call it? Front Burner? Front Burner. I like that. Yeah, interesting. That's what we're gonna do on ours. Yeah, it's a good. They
3: were kind of the first ones. D Magazine got out in front on that, and now everyone's coming out with them. You know, uh, Dallas Morning News is coming Mm -hmm. out with theirs. Yep, Uh, they have a couple of those, and magazines are getting into that because that D front burner got you got really popular. No,
0: what Dallas told me, they don't get a ton of hits. He says there's
2: about twenty five hundred people who visit that blog, and they're all media guys.
0: Yeah, Yeah. yep, yeah. We don't want to know what everybody's thinking, but see, that's that's smart because it's media guys who will talk about that thing right and then that would drive more traffic there eventually i'm wondering craig and i had this this discussion
3: i always like it when they post something about me on there because i'll put a link to it (laughs) and then i always get the top rank refer when they post their stats at the end of the month (laughs) perfect and so it just defeats d magazine which is supposed to be this refined in the bubble park city's publication and they get refers
0: from people who are barely literate (laughs) that's what i am our newspaper is going to be around forever um, See, Craig and I had this discussion. I don't think so. I think you might have I, I think tenured. eventually
1: newspapers will just start making homeless blankets. Uh, Everything will just be online? Yeah, they'll just transition their business model and make homeless blankets.
0: Because a lot of them don't, you know, a lot of it's free access. So they're w- losing a lot of circulation. They have to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I but only I, read the paper. I still read a paper. I can't read
2: online. I'd rather read online. I, read a, I, I think that there's a lot of people you know what? like me. And it seemed like I read on Cuban's blog recently, and he was
3: talking about television. Cross-blogging. But it, um, I think it's a point that, may, that is good for newspapers as well. There's something about us that we don't like too much choice. We talk about choice and we like it, but we also like an editor to come through and position the stories. Mm-hmm. And when I go online, there's some days when I don't read the paper, and I just go online and I surf according to what headline grabs me. And then I'll see the paper, like, at night. You know, before I go to bed, I'll see, you know, I'll be at a restaurant or something. I'll have the, the day's paper, and I read it, and I go, Man, I totally missed this story on the front page of the paper. But I skipped over it, and I feel very uninformed because of it. Yeah. So there is something to the presentation of things to where, you know, you, you count on someone else's judgment as to what you should read, and we kind of like that in a
0: way. Well, I haven't brought my laptop into the bathroom yet, so in that case, the newspaper will always be better. Might fry your private's. And I
3: just don't like reading online too terribly much. I can't
0: much. stand it. See, me. I love it.
3: I, I hate I like s- short I hate articles. I scrolling down. I do, too. I hate short articles. I mean, like, if you try to read, like, a New York Times piece online, it just drains you. It's like 15 pages. The mm-hmm. eyes
0: are killing you at the end. Although some, like, the... like. I yes. almost hate it as much as I hate reading it in the actual New York Times. <laughs> it's the worst font in the history of ever. <laughs> it's the worst font. I, I can't believe that's popular. The New York Times font? Yes. You're barely read. Even the Wall Street Journal is kind of funky. Not big on that one either. So I think that um, I think that papers will just go weekly, though. At some point,
3: I think at some point we'll have like a, you know we'll all have little tablet computers that we kind of carry around with us, so you can kind
0: of read more like a paper. More than likely. So you can paginate. Yeah. They'll <laughs> you know, have like be like one of those kids' books. So you turn the page, and another, and it'll it chime. Or you and everything. And yeah. You Pull the cord, and it's like a leapfrog. <laughs> You run your wand over it, and it reads the words to you. Oh. Hasn't that been done? That's called a Q-Cat. Yeah. <laughs> no, they have a different one. They have, actually, one of the best things I like reading when I'm on an airplane is at Sky Mall. They wow. have the greatest cheesy gifts on that thing. And they have one where it's like one of those reading pens, but it'll translate from different languages. So when you go to Europe, you could you could actually read a French paper and it'll do it in English. Interesting. Pretty good. Twenty nine ninety nine. Deal. No way that Rick's works. There's, There's, no way. Way. There's no way that works. It has like, like a 500-word like vocabulary. Don't we all?
3: <laughs> so, oh, okay, what, what about magazines? Are magazines just going to go online? There's yeah. something
2: to There's be something the, the, the
3: tangible you, product yes, in your hands that you can you, lay in a hammock and read a magazine. You That's you what
2: you want. You take it the other side or books all going to go online. You still want to sit? Well, how much cassettes are being used a lot, though? The difference between—I know you like to read books. I'm a voracious reader, but I read magazines. I read Uh, almost 40 magazines a month. I love reading magazines. Why I got into business? There's no way I'm going to read them online. Right. That's where I get my information. I'm going to still do it. Now, will they get more expensive? Probably because a lot of people will get it online. But do you? For me, when I spend $30 for a subscription to a magazine, I feel like I'm getting something every month when I get it. Yeah, you
3: have it. a product in your hand. Like, if you pay for something online, you yeah. feel like, God, man, I get so much stuff free online. I feel weird paying for yeah. a subscription to Salon or whatever. A salon
0: subscription? It is, isn't it? What's Salon? The I don't
3: online know. magazine Salon?
0: Mm-hmm. It's really good. Really? What, yeah. What is it? It's what? an online magazine. No, okay. I mean, what, what's, the, what's the theme? Salons?
4: No, yeah, it covers only uh <laughs> hair
0: care <laughs> and skincare product. You know what salon is? Yeah, it's it's kind of like Ask Men. It's kind of kind of metrosexual type.
3: No, no, it's not Ask Men. What is going
0: on here? Phones ringing. Is that
3: mine?
0: Sorry about that. Mm,
3: nice. Go ahead. And um me. no, I don't want to answer. <laughs> Stalker. Uh, so yeah, so you salon. want something in your hand. It's like Stephen King said that books are a uniquely portable kind of magic and that's what you want you want something in your hand it's incredibly portable you never have to plug it in never worry about it crashing it's just there you can read it and you can feel it and you can turn the pages are you a big fan of the
0: uh, audio book you know i am driving i am really i just does it translate well <clears throat> you know it does i found that i can read things quote unquote read
3: things on audio books that i can't read the real way really
0: yeah I'd be curious to see how much those guys get paid, the talent, the voice talent gets paid for reading a book. I know it's condensed. It's not the full book. Like I I, uh, recently, uh, I I
3: don't know, what's the term is? Read a book? Heard a book? um, Experienced? Like William Faulkner. Mm -hmm. And to me, Faulkner is difficult to read because I get too analytical when I'm looking at the words and the sentence construction that goes on and on and all the commas that he uses. You know, he has those interminable sentences. But when you have someone who's, really good at reading them, presenting it to you, it flows and, and Faulkner is, you go,
0: oh, okay, this is why the guy's great.
3: Because you're not so bogged down with all the the laborious reading of it.
0: They have Penthouse Forum on uh, audio?
3: God, I wish.
2: <laughs> Boy, is a pretty good website. It's kind of like a newspaper just for men.
0: Online newspaper. Really? Men. Salon.com. Pretty cool. Huh? Yeah, okay. Check it out. Enjoy it. I have some good learned articles. learned something there. new today. So, um... Sports. Next so, what we talking week? about?
2: Next to last week of the rant. Next oh, yeah. to last week of the rant. Yeah, it goes yeah, away. We a big show I bet this was probably one of the most difficult shows for you to get up, dude. This one? After yeah. being on
3: all week. You know, this one was easy for years and years. It's only like the past two weeks it's been really hard to get up and do it. Oh, really? Because now I see the finish line. Yeah, because this show didn't take too much. I mean, it wasn't Crap. a lot of energy. There was, was no the overhead to it, there was no stakes involved
0: in it. It was just you you come in and you do it. Let's make
1: steaks next week,
0: though. We should. Everybody makes a steak. Get it catered. Big soiree, the going away party. Catered, I think
3: that defeats the purpose. Dave was talking about a bonding exercise of actually making our own steaks. Marinate Mm. our own
1: meat. Killing our own animals. (laughs) Corby's going to be with us next week, too. Really? At
0: least he promised.
1: He promised last week he would. Best I don't want to
0: think about the show going away because then I'll get skittish and want to not and want to. Why don't you do the reverse? It. Why don't you do it the one time a month rather than the three times where you take off the last? You
3: know, week. Dave and I were talking about that. I, I kind
0: of want to do that because I'm a. i am guess I'm a man of half measures
3: mm-hmm. at every turn. You want to be connected still, but, but part of us sits there and. In a our discussion was, isn't it time that we at least made one decision in our life? No,
4: not really.
0: <laughs> you got time. Anyway, it keeps Dave connected to the station. Well, I know, and I f- don't get me on that because then I would feel really guilty about that. Well, one time too. a week, one time a month isn't bad.
1: You know. What was our reasoning, Dave? We talked it out. Well, when I talked to to Cat about it, um, you know, he talked about budget cuts. No, no, no. He <laughs> talked about the discussions that he had had with Gordon, and basically, that you know, Gordon was talking about you know, I really want to do it, just you know, try it once a month, and really. Uh, you know focus on that one show and do lots of experimentation and 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 you know prepare for it mm-hmm. but then reality sets in and we realize that we we would approach it the exact same way and it would be a throwaway
2: now what if you were what if we put a t1 line at your house gordon and you got to do it at your house then i would do it there you go <laughs> <and D's> T <got> ones <laughs> then i would Ryan, do it jeff catlin but see,
3: here, here's the deal, is that management, that is the scariest thing for management to ever hear from a radio to personality. Yep. Is that, hey, I'm going to put an ISDN or T1 in my house, and I can just do, you know, just these little things here. You know, if you need me to cut a commercial at some point late in the day, I'm not up here. Think about how convenient it'll be. You know, I'll do the weekend show just on that thing.
1: And then, then you oversleep, and I'm gonna you, do. I'm gonna do. Uh, then you oversleep. I'll do, the, like, I'll do the I'll do the O deck from home, and then I'll come in for Muse. Right, and then it's between the O deck and Muse. And
3: you're going, man, I don't have time to make it down there. Let's just be safe, and uh, I'll just do Muse from home. I mean, that's the slippery slope that management fears, and
0: <laughs> you know what? That and they've I guess they've got a good point there. There's a guy in San Francisco. KGO is a huge station in San Francisco. They've been number one for years, and it's News Talk. Be like cliff being number one forever and their afternoon guy did it from his house for like eight years mm-hmm. never a problem and you, you know you don't know as a listener you don't have a clue you know it's probably not so much of a problem but it's really scary for
1: management
3: yeah i guess maybe there's been some horror stories in the business about what it does to someone
1: i think it really would sap your drive for sure you think so yes Wait, to you have a, to have no professional environment whatsoever. I mean, as as loose and and <laughs> permissive as it is up here, imagine
0: not having anyone looking over your shoulder. Well, like something like Norm could do it because it's a single host show. But he, he did, did do it for mul- three months. Yeah, you, when you have multiple hosts. You want to be able to see each other and interact. That would be tough if you did it from your house and George and Craig did it from their house and become unwieldy, especially during interviews. I don't take it.
3: Yeah, I envision we have a situation where we all have. I mean, I will have a home studio someday. I know I, I want to do that. And if the ticket won't let me do a show from my, you know, garage studio or whatever I, thing I build, then maybe I'll just syndicate and do something for some other market.
0: Hey, last thing, did did it have a pump up the volume feel when you guys were doing your late night shows? Oh yeah, nilly-nilly? loved it. Loved it. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. The revamped rant to be
3: is much more of uh, we're gonna come in and we're gonna do you know what the problem is is that any show that gets somewhat successful builds expectations along with it when you're doing stuff for the first time which is a midnight concert series yeah man oh man this is all great everything they do is great although it's so wheels off and it sucks but it's great because it's different well if you started doing it and it got successful then you can't deviate from the formula too terribly much because that's what made it successful and the same with the rant if all of a sudden you and I started doing a whole show that were in character voices and really kind of more high concept kind of thing, not so much punchlines, but more just really interesting ideas, everyone would hate it and turn on it. And so then they would just shoot your creativity right in the foot and then you'd get skittish and you'd be, okay, we got to scamper back to the same
0: old thing we've been doing for all these years. Mm-hmm. And you're in that cycle. Maybe. I mean, you don't have to do it every every time. You can change it up. I mean, two hours is not long. No, but- it isn't. But if someone tunes in at 10 a.m. and they want to hear, you know, Dina Schlosser's tumor calling in and stuff like that. What time are we going to hear that today?
3: And then then they tune in and they hear some, what sounds to be a German show going on, you know, they would say, man, you guys suck. This new stuff sucks. Go back to the old stuff. And you're like, okay, why don't I
0: even try? No, because it, whether we change tick, we've ticker beds. Everybody says that sucks mm-hmm. yeah, for about three days, and then everybody gets so used to it. Why not just an hour? You know what you the bottom line is. Ten minutes. Do a ten-minute show. Yeah, just
2: come and do ten minutes. Be like you're quick. Do an online blog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. think it's quick.
0: I'm gonna do a 350-word show every week. <laughs> there you
2: go. Real concise and to the point, and then just
0: answer blogs and emails it all day. All right, boys. Thanks. Cheers. Stay hard.
5: You too.
3: radio 1310 the ticket you're listening to the rant gordon keith and david lane in our penultimate rant you sad david it's a little bittersweet yeah should i get scared and just keep doing it no i can't i've got to stick with the decision right
1: right i I can't make decisions
3: for you but i know I'm, i'm so horrible about this kind of thing but you know what? I've got to start learning to give up something. To I get can't something. do the
1: show with this screensaver. Isn't incredibly she
3: incredibly hot? There's some woman on the uh, computer. It's not a screensaver, yeah, it's a, a wall desktop. Paper. Yeah, sorry. And uh, she's got her, like, what, a cut off sweatpants kind of falling down. And, and she's got a waist chain, you know, just. You
1: like the waist chain? Hanging right there. Yeah. On the waist chain. And then her. Um, Her sweatpants are are slipping below her hips, and um, she appears to be very well-groomed. And then she's wearing some kind of translucent, uh, like, teddy kind of top. Mm Mm-hmm. And And you can see just her enormous... Massive milk producers. And you can kind of see where you uh, might attach a baby to drink that milk. Yes, you can, David. Yes, you can. What? You, do you like, by the way, the, uh, the long hair cascading over the bosom? Yes. Okay. Just making sure I'm not alone on that.
3: No. Long hair is very feminine. Yep. <clears throat> it's good. You know, we had an
1: interesting conversation. I don't know if you heard Love Lines on... I wish I had, and I Thursday missed it. Night. I, I listened, the only thing I listened to at night was some of the Lost Postgame show, uh-huh. which was really, really good. But I we didn't. had so much fun in our experimental radio at night. I know. I wish I could have been there just at least for five minutes. It you was know, this, so much fun. If the ticket was smart and wanted to break a mold here, they would install
3: ISDN lines at our houses, every one of our houses, okay? And they would be disabled during the hours of you know six a.m. to seven p.m. But they would become active after seven p.m. And any one of us could jump on the air after 7 p.m. Just whoever. Just whoever a, a could jump chat on room. and start doing a show. <laughs> I know that's way out of the bounds of what traditional radio is, but think about how wild ass that would be and how we would have more midnight concerts and more love lines and more just. How long do you think hey, that Corby, would Hey, Corby, pop though? on the air. I want to have a conversation with you on the air. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Do you think the novelty would wear off after about a month? Maybe and then they've spent all this money on ISDN Well, lines.
3: no, maybe we should do it for only a month. Maybe we should do it for only a month. That way we'll be compelled to jump on almost every night because we know that it's not open-ended.
1: So what did I miss on Love
3: Lines? On Love Lines, uh, it was great. We had a lot of
1: women. You
3: know what the, based on our small sampling... <coughs> why don't we do
1: this next because i I, I really want i really want to get into this love lines i want to know who was on the show okay and i want to know how many callers you actually had how many hot chicks and what the subject matter was okay we'll tell you that next
6: Saturday night at the AAC. The Dallas Desperados and the Grand Rapids Rampage kick off at eight tonight. Join Rich and Kevin for the pregame
1: at seven forty-five on Sports Radio thirteen ten. The Ticket
3: ten thirty-eight on Sports Radio thirteen ten. The Ticket. Dave Lane, Gordon Keith, The Rant. Saturday mornings, ten to noon. Uh, next week will be our last rant. We've done this show for ten years or eleven years. Um, I think it's I think it's close to ten years. Ten years we've been doing this program. And uh, we're going to wrap it up. Make way for the... I don't know. I don't know what we're doing in this time slot, to be quite yes, honest with it's you. it's yet to be decided. But believe me, we'll come up with some other ideas and and uh, the rant spirit will live, will live on somewhere. I don't exactly know where. Hmm. This week we had a fun week of radio. We had something that we came up with called the Ticket Compound where we all lived in a house together and just we could go on the air anytime we wanted to. So we have our normal shifts that we did, and it was so fun having the other guys pop on your show. You know, you pop on their show because you're all right there. And they are just so many funny guys that work at the ticket, and we just get on so well. But the funnest part to me, most fun part, the funnest part? Most fun. The most funnest part was after hours. After 7 o'clock, when we didn't feel confined by our normal job description... We could turn on the microphones and do whatever we wanted. So I think every night we had a specialty show. On Sunday night, the first night we were there, I turned on the transmitter and did, I guess, some sort of BBC program as a British person going over the stories of the day. Then later uh, on Sunday night, uh, there was a character I did called Terrence Overnight. And Terrence had a bunch of the ticket guys on. And uh, that was a, that was funny.
1: What, what, it, what was Terrence's
3: character? Yeah, it was Terrence Owen, oh, I, I don't know what he was. He <laughs> was just this guy. And um, he just had a lot of attitude and everything. And he brought the guys in and they kept busting him for, I don't know. I, I can't even remember this shtick. I just remember it was funny. Like, at least I thought it was at the time. So that was Sunday night. Monday night we had some sort of post-game show it seems like. Then Tuesday, I think it was Ranger Theater 1310. Then we had Lost Talk on Wednesday night, and we also had some sort of Maverick Talk, I think. Mm-hmm. Thursday night, we had Line, and then, of course, Friday night, we were gone. Friday, no, Thursday night, we had Line and Midnight Concert Series. And I know I'm missing two or three shows in there. The Trucking Show, that was on Monday night. The Trucking Show. That was funny.
1: Did you hear Clarence? No. Clarence appeared on the trucking
0: yeah, show. Clarence was, he was the, the, the musical host? guest.
3: No, he was the musical guest. That was so funny. He got talking about how he was Elvis's real dad, and um, because he was the real dad, he got the pick of the litter. And unfortunately, he chose Jesse Garin instead of Elvis Aaron, which was Elvis's um, twin that didn't make it too long. Mm-hmm. And Clarence was bitching about that—that that he picked the wrong horse, kind of thing. So anyway. It's kind of dark in the retelling. I swear it was funnier at the time. <laughs>
1: so we had Love Lines on Thursday night. Dave, you didn't listen to any of it? No. Like I said, the only thing I caught was Lost. Because I, I just... I, I guess I got caught up in all of my routine. Oh. You know, whatever my TiVo routine was or watching the Mavericks or whatever. And I just never thought to turn on the ticket. So we do our Lost post-game show. I was
3: accused of ruining this, which I don't know why, because I was giving my honest opinions on Lost and my frustration with the program. I think what George said ruined it was I was being broadcast Gordo. All right, let's hear from George Dunham. You know, I was trying to moderate the thing. I was trying to be a broadcaster for once in my life, and I got rejected right at the hoop. Yeah, so we did the Lost program show. You you listen to that. Love Lines. we did it, and your questions are... How long did it go? It went an hour and a half, I believe. Then who, who were the hosts who appeared on it? Corby and I were the hosts, and at first we played it as we were NPR-voiced, uh, moral high-groundist kind of people. Although our advice to, to people, although we had pleasant voices, was just horrible. <laughs> if, you're, if your wife couldn't achieve, then we recommended things such as um, cracking a VCR over her head. I mean it was just horrible advice Ramming a toaster through her teeth Stupid stuff like that Right Then we broke those characters after a few segments And we went on to Real Loveline Where it was just Corby and I And Dan McDowell and Mike Reiner Hosting Loveline And we got into some serious topics Notably should a guy ever Be the recipient of AP Interesting
1: And what was the conclusion there?
3: I said no, but Dan McDowell and Mike Reiner, I think, enjoy it.
1: Interesting.
3: P stands for play. Or pleasure. Or pleasure, right. And A is just a part of the body you'll have to figure out. Um, But the majority of the calls that we took, women. And the majority of questions... They had about being with other women, really, yeah, <clears throat> like they were it was uh, fascinating, right after the show, every guy went into his own
1: room <laughs> and had to knock something out real quick. What do you mean? What do you mean? Some sheetrock frustration hm I don 't know, so these were experienced sapphic women, or they no were, they were women who were wonder- They they would have boyfriends
3: who didn't want to do it. Boyfriends who were jealous and didn't want to get it. Girls wondering how to bring up the subject with their boyfriend that they would like to incorporate this other no person. No way. Yes. I, I mean, of, that of is, our callers, 100% spoke two languages. They were bilingual. Lingual.
1: Bilingus. What's that? I'm sorry? I mean, I, I guess dudes are... I I guess Go ahead. I think dudes are maybe a little boastful about that, but when it comes down to it, they get Yeah, when it when it's presented to them when it's gift-wrapped and presented to them on a silver platter, then they panic. Mhm. I've always clung to the notion that I couldn't handle it. Why? I just, I have a hard enough time pleasing one woman.
3: Well, you don't have to, you know, there's
1: more people to please other people.
3: What yeah. makes you have to be the um, male chauvinist
1: that thinks that, oh, this is, my, I have to dispense all the pleasure? <laughs> and and my, my um, flimsy moral ground probably would prevent me from doing so
3: your catholicism yeah, that you
1: only take 10% of anyway. Yeah. Huh.
4: But I why do,
3: why when you're being a cafeteria catholic would you choose guilt out of it? Seems I, like that would be the part where you no oh, okay, I'm going to
1: leave that in the bin. I think I think it's mandatory. I think you have to choose guilt. Oh, that's a base level thing. Yeah. yeah. That comes with everything. Okay.
3: <laughs> All right, coming up next, we will go to your phone calls. It doesn't have to be compound related. I just want to hear from the rant listener on what this this turned out to be the penultimate rant show, second to last. That's what we're talking about. 214 77 telephone number.
1: Radio 1310, The Ticket, is a reminder that you weren't born with enough middle fingers.
3: Hello to the P. One. It's 1052's Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. You're listening to The Rant. Corby Davidson and Dave, oh, I'm sorry. I guess Corby's not on it. David Lane and Gordon Keith with you. 214-787-1310 is our telephone number. You know what? It's a horrible radio idea. It's unfocused, it's lazy, but it's what we're going to do. It's open fire, open lines. (laughs) We are limping to the finish. Yes, yes, because I want to make contact with the P1s, even the P1s who have absolutely nothing to say but don't have the natural and healthy fear of making an ass of themselves in public. So those are the ones I want to hear from, Dave. We're rolling screenless. All right. Hi, you're on Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket.
5: Yeah, I'm a longtime caller but a first time listener. Um I started a new job on Monday and got fired because of watching you guys all the time, so wondering if you know where I can find a job.
3: Yeah. Uh have you looked in the paper?
5: Well, I'm doing that now. And uh Mark Mittens gay.
1: Ooh, gay. Okay. Boy, I didn't see that news story. I haven't plowed through the whole paper yet. Yeah, I guess that was buried in the classifieds if he saw that when he was looking for a job. Yeah.
6: Hi, you're on the ticket. Hey, uh, I tried to get in on the love line the other night. Could you give me some love line advice?
3: Okay, but you've got to really watch it here, dude. And you got to speak in euphemism and you have to uh, dance around things.
6: Gotcha. I had a date the other night,
7: first date. Got to her apartment and uh, asked if I could use the bathroom. I went in
6: the bathroom and uh, in the toilet was a...
5: That I do you know? She had left one? Body
6: remnants? Yeah, yeah old food. <clears throat> and uh old
5: food.
1: Okay. I don't know, man. Did she, she have could've. any she have any roommates? Or it was definitely No, no, she lived. It belonged to her?
5: It belonged to her.
3: Oh, that is just the
1: worst
3: nightmare ever. What was the yeah. volume?
7: Just one. Now she could have dropped a bakery candy bar. Yeah.
3: Yeah. This uh, this means that uh, you know what that is. You know what that to do is. What? A sign from God. Did you turn?
1: Stay away from this human being. <laughs> Did you torpedo it with your stream?
3: <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm, All I'm right, okay. David. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, caller. Hi, you're on Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. Hello. Oh Oh beer. my gosh. It was Satan calling us on line four. <laughs> Hi, you on Sports Radio 1310
6: The Ticket. Yeah, I'm the last, last uh, post show the other night, uh, did you guys notice the cameo appearance by Gary Coleman? He was...
3: Okay. Um, so, no, so I didn't... He's with Dan did, and Reiner. Didn't
1: notice the... Uh, or Rhines, I guess.
3: Didn't notice the Gary Coleman in the show. Sorry. Hi, you're on Sports Radio 1310 The Ticket.
6: Yeah, uh, I had a suggestion for the rant. Uh,
3: Okay, we only have one more week to put this in place, but yes.
6: Well, obviously, I meant for y'all's last show. Okay. Uh, I think you should, uh, from the minions of uh, the other workers at the ticket, you know, Ben and Skin and all them and such, and so on and so forth, of all the fill-in guys. I think you should have a show where they try to be as wheels off as possible, like the rant has been at times, and you guys decide who's going to get your show from 10 to 12 and, and call it like the mini rant or something. That way, if you want to, you can pop on at any time.
3: Well, that's you know? exactly the opposite of the only parameters that I know for the next show. Yeah. Is that, that can't, all I've heard can't from management management rant junior. is they don't want Rant Jr., that they're going in a different direction. Not that it's not going to be entertaining and listenable, but it just, it just doesn't have to have that same rant sensibility of oh, it's terrible, non linear, nonsensical madness. Yeah. Hi, you're on Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket.
5: Uh, Tongan. What? Tongan.
3: Ooh, we have a Tongan calling us here, David. Mm. Um, how are you doing? Right. How are you doing today? Good. What did you do le- yesterday for your Tongan Friday
1: night?
5: Uh?
1: Um, I don't know how to break it down simply. Um, you roast pig for Easter?
6: Yeah.
1: Uh, so have you gone
3: to any art houses lately and maybe seen any nice films?
6: Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: I don't, I don't know how to say it in, in a um, way, David. You like um, movies?
3: Huh? You, you like them moving apparitions?
6: moving, huh? What,
3: uh, what have you, uh, have you had any recent pleasurable dining experiences? Uh
7: huh. Olive Garden.
6: Olive oh, Garden. Oh,
7: he
3: understood yeah, you. He understood, that, understood time. that. Yeah, he did. What do uh, you, get, what do you get at Olive Garden?
6: Uh, chicken pasta.
3: Okay. What's your name? Roger. Oh, um, <laughs> all right. Uh, um. <laughs> Hi, you're on Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket.
6: Yeah, is Davey going to be doing tickers again after this, Gordon?
3: <laughs> yeah.
6: Oh, my aerial will miss you.
3: Ooh, that's odd. <laughs> it's odd, it's very specific part of his body's going to miss you. Which one? Both of them, or he? I, it, it sounded singular to me. Yeah. the way he used it. Maybe he only has one. Hi, you're on the ticket.
6: Gordo, what's going on?
3: Hey, nothing. Just doing a radio show.
6: Hey, Gordo, let me, I have a question for you. Yes. Let's let me throw this at you. Let's I, let's <laughs> pretend. Let's say I die within the next couple of years,
4: All and right, in my will,
6: on. I put, I want Gordo to do a remote for my, um, for my funeral. Would you do it? Would I honor that? Yeah. No. Why not?
3: Because it's uh. I don't know. It would just creep me out too much.
6: But I always you're always all about the creep
3: factor. It's one thing when you're kind of flirting with creepiness in an audio medium. It's another thing if you're actually creepy in real life.
6: What about my uh, my deathbed?
3: <laughs> I would come visit you in your deathbed. I wouldn't do a show from it.
6: <laughs> right, I just wanted to check that out. Thanks.
1: All right. Yeah, Can you imagine how much his family would hate us? <clears throat> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that would be...
3: In those two settings, that would be when the, that other Gordon would appear, the all morose and depressive and reflective Gordon. I couldn't be happy fun guy there. Hi, you're on AM radio.
6: I don't believe that fellow was Tongan. I myself am Tongan. You're what? I am myself am Tongan. Oh, you're Tongan. Yes. Huh. I don't believe that fellow was. All of the grunting and gesticulating is just an affectation we have adopted to further insulate ourselves from the uh, civilized world.
3: I see. Where is Tonga?
6: Yes, we're an island in the South Pacific, sir.
1: Well, I guess he's got yeah, that he, right. He Doesn't he? His story checks out. Yeah, <laughs> he's clear. Why, why are you laughing? <laughs> his story checks out.
3: Hi, you're on the ticket. Yeah. Monday. Yes.
1: Wiped across your brow or where?
3: Yes, on my face. <laughs> I mean, I, I I'm so scarred by this incident. I was sexually assaulted on the first full day of the comedy. Is that what that rash is on yeah. your
1: face? Uh huh. That's
3: yeah. cheese, right? Oh, <laughs> gross. Hi, oh, you're on the ticket. You're on AM radio. You're on AM radio with a dying show.
6: Gordon, will you do my eulogy, please?
3: I don't know you, so how could I give you the I'll, good word?
6: I'll write some down and you take the good part.
3: If you write a eulogy, but you want me to deliver it.
6: Yeah, but mix in the great Gordo. No. <laughs> Please. I'm a dying man.
3: What are you dying of? A. How did you get it? In the butt.
1: Okay. All right. So This, this story sir. checks out, too.
3: Hi, you're on the ticket. Oh. Hi, you're on Sports Radio 1310, the ticket.
5: Hey, is this Gordon Hammerreiner?
3: Uh, I guess.
5: All right. Listen, uh, I think there are a lot of P1s out there that really, you know, get into radio and understand it. And... This past week, was, it was really great. I wish there was some way that you could be able to do that, broadcasting from home and the experimental stuff. And I mean, I'm one of the people that go home and listen to it, even at home. And uh, I don't know. I think it would be really groundbreaking.
3: I think it would, too. That's Somebody my idea, that by- is that, that we, ought to do, uh, we ought to have ISDN month.
5: Is that really expensive? I mean, is it like a real big ordeal to do that?
3: You know what? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the answer to that. I've I'll never tell you
5: what there'd recently. be a lot of P ones getting divorces if, if y'all did that because they'd be you know, they'd go into a shell. Well good. That's day. that's what we
3: that's what we want, I guess. I think that's our goal.
5: But, all right boys, well okay. kill me. Uh, I'm sorry? Uh Godspeed.
3: Oh, yes, yeah. I'm sorry. i heard you Thank wrong you. the first time. How are you on sports radio thirteen ten the ticket? Gordon. Yeah. Uh
5: on the north side of my house I've got uh, a flower bed there.
3: Oh, once again, sorry, I'm sorry, I have to hate to cut you off. Wrong show. You're looking for Neil Sperry's show. Oh. Thanks. Okay, thanks a lot. Well, that's a callback. Hi, you're on the ticket. I need your help.
7: Okay. I need you to
5: tell the guys of the hard line right. that the word tertiary means the third level or third in order, not things on
6: the peri- periphery, not like ancillary or things outside that because it's just driving me crazy. All right, I'll
3: pass that on.
6: Help me out. Thanks.
3: Okay, thanks. And a very specific concern there. All right, let's take one more before we um, give way to Ticket Sports Saturday. <laughs> oh, uh, no. I'm sorry. Hi, you're on the ticket. It's Carl
7: Childers.
3: Oh, it's Carl Childers. I don't know if you've ever seen the film Sling Blade, David. Uh, I but, have not, but I'm familiar but with uh, his work. Carl, it was a documentary about Carl Childers. It was a documentary. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Hi, Carl. Starring Dwight Yoakam. Howdy. are you doing all right?
5: Yeah, uh, I'm eating some mustard and biscuits oh, out
3: in the yeah. shed. Yeah, you like eating that out in the shed, don't you?
5: Yeah, little squirrels. Yeah, you
3: It's a little bit of an abbreviation of that story, but yes, your brother brother was born prematurely, and he wasn't bigger than a little old squirrel. Yeah, and uh, your parents made, made you. Box. Yeah, your parents made you put him in a shoebox.
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well thank you, you Carl. There, Gordon. What's that? I like listening to the rant in my shit.
1: Yeah, you got a radio
5: out there? Yes, sir.
1: huh little, little transistor AM?
5: Doyle Hargrave gave it to me.
3: Oh, Doyle gave it to you. You're talking about the well, Dwight Yoakum as Doyle Hargrave.
5: Yeah, I near cut his head off.
3: Yeah, at the end of the film you did. I remember that, Carl. But you're yeah. not in the you're not in the nervous hospital anymore. I guess you're still living in the shed.
5: No, they turned me loose from a nervous hospital. They did turn
3: you a loose, didn't they?
5: Yes, sir.
3: Uh-huh. Well, I gotta say All right it, then. All right, then. <laughs> See you, Carl. He just likes to call in and check in every once in a while. That is a really good Carl that guy had right there. Higher on the ticket. By the way, Sling Blade. Maybe my favorite movie of all time.
1: Really? Yes. You have one? Do I have a favorite yeah. movie? Uh, maybe Empire.
3: Really? Yeah, maybe. Okay, all right. Hi, you're on AM radio.
7: Hello? Yeah. I have a, a suggestion for the guy that went in the woman's restroom and found the uh, Gary Coleman in there. That means that she's interested in AP. She, he needs to stick around next time.
1: Ooh, it's
3: a clue. Oh, I yeah. didn't have any like idea. like blues clues for adults.
1: When you find the clay, <sighs> she wants to play. 11.05 on the ticket.
3: Fourteen Sports Radio thirteen ten the ticket. You're listening to the Rant, Dave Lane, and Gordon Keith two one four seven eight seven thirteen ten is our telephone number. We're talking now about Tom Cruise. Did you see the interview last night that he had on
1: Primetime Live with Diane Sawyer? I did. I I, I um I kind of got in about maybe halfway through, but I I did watch the end of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's a nut. You think? Yes. Does it seem like he's getting increasingly nutty? Well, I don't know. You know, I've never really seen him interviewed all that much. So I don't have a frame of reference to know what, you know, maybe how he's changed if he has. He used to be so quiet about
3: Scientology.
1: And then, you know, he went nuts
3: about a year ago. When he was promoting War of the Worlds, he started talking about Scientology. And it was all about Scientology. All right, before we get to the interview with him, a few Tom Cruise notes. Uh from papers around the world Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman are fighting over whether Connor and Isabella, which are their kids together adopted kids together should be able to attend the birth of Tom and Katie's baby. The silent birth. The silent birth. Tom wants his kids and I think they're like, you know, I don't know in the 12, 13-year-old range? 11, 12, 13, somewhere there? He wants them to attend the birth. Like front row seats? Front row seats. Watching it crowned? Front bottom seats. David, that's what we're talking about here. Why would you subject a kid to that sort of trauma? So if they are fighting about that, I'm going to have to side with Nicole Kidman on it. Also, Nicole hasn't been too happy with this whole Tom and Katie romance because it is so spotlighty that anytime Tom attends one of the kids' soccer games or something, you know, then the media throng has just grown tenfold from what it used to be when it was just Tom Cruise going to see the game. Because he's become so weird and so scientology Uh. Everyone's just freaking out about it. Now, he's also made his Beverly Hills home. He's basically built a hospital, a whole, I guess, what do you call it? What do you call it? Birth? What do you call the maternity ward? Mm. He's built a whole maternity ward there. He has uh, an ultrasound machine, a fetal monitor, a delivery kit. I don't know he could send off for a delivery kit. Intravenous pump, infant warmer system, he's also hired a medical trio of nurse, midwife, and obstetrics expert from his Scientology cult, which will be on hand to help her with her delivery.
1: Does Scientology seem weird to you? Extremely. Something you're interested in? No. It frightens me, actually. But the thing is that
3: he was, he was so coy about it, too. Okay, now, yeah, let's get to the interview. Last night with Diane Sawyer, and you watched the last part of it, but you say that there was something that kind of interfered with your ability to remember and actually reason out what was going on.
1: Uh, yeah, I was a little inebriated at the, the moment I was watching this show, so I don't really remember all that much of it. So you said the thing that you
3: remembered most from the interview was that you had to go to the bathroom a lot.
1: Yeah well that may have been related to the drinking yeah that probably was it was that was probably less so about tom cruise but the thing was is that he he is so coy about uh anything in reference to scientology he he's quick to defend it and talk about how people are uninformed in their opinions about it but then he won't he won't go into detail about anything. You know, the, they went into the whole antidepressants thing. Uh-huh. And how he, he used uh, Scientology to uh, overcome his learning disability and his ADD. Uh-huh. But he, he won't give any insight into how.
3: Right. Because it's religion based on secrecy. Yes. And the secrecy is what draws you in. They try to get you far enough into it uh, <laughs> before they re- reveal anything and so then they got they've got you there. I'm scared to speak out against Scientology cuz I don't want to die. I don't want them to aim their lasers at me. But in general, be very skeptical of any religion that one of its main tenets is secrecy. That's a good a good uh caveat. I mean, if you've got a a religion that you can't know
1: what the religion's about until you get to some of the highest orders, and they talked about um, God. I wish I could remember his title, but uh, Diane Sawyer mentioned that he, had, uh, Tom Cruise, has has risen to this level of of Scientology, you know, and so he has this ridiculous title, you know, that is pulled right out of Dianetics, you know, uh-huh. it's it's some lofty you know, fantastical title. And, you know, Tom Cruise was like, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, it sounds kind of funny coming from you. He said that? Yeah. And, yep. he, and he claimed that, uh, you know, the whole um, the whole controversy with the Comedy Central episode uh-huh. that got pulled, I guess, that featured Tom Cruise and got Isaac Hayes to quit the show, it, he claims that he didn't even know about it that it was brought to him like third hand. That, you know, he, he, he wasn't the one that got it pulled and he wasn't calling Comedy Central and his people weren't on it, uh-huh. that he was just told about it after the fact, which I find hard to believe.
3: Look, if Scientology is a religion, and yes, it is suspect that it's a religion founded by a science fiction writer, and an odd one at that, Elron Ron Hubbard, if you have this great religion, lay it out for us. Yeah, witness to people. Witness to people. Put all the information out there. There's no higher levels. There's no working up to things. No, put all the information out there and let people decide. There's no levels. You don't need levels. It's not a pyramid scheme. I, and, but you know, I don't know where they get all their money from. I mean, they have some of the choicest property in every town I've ever been in you go along the main street, I think on the drag in Austin. Don't they have a big Scientology Center?
1: I haven't seen it, but maybe they do. you go to New York and some prime real estate, Scientology Center. Well, is it because it it plays on kind of the uh, secular humanist idea, man over the earth? I don't know that it's secular humanism. Secular humanism to me is, uh, from what I understand,
3: a very good thing. And something that's not secretive or anything like that.
1: But, I mean, secular humanism,
3: I would see as at variance to a secretive religion in which you must fork over your cash in order to become
1: good in that religion. But do do you think that the reason it has money is because it plays on wealthy people's elitism?
3: Uh, I think there may be something to that. Because look at the aggressive... The aggressive approach they have towards celebrities. They want celebrities. They propped up their celebrities that are spokesmen for Scientology. They open what are called Scientology Celebrity Centers. We have one right here in Dallas.
1: Down south of White Rock Lake. Really? A Scientology Mm -hmm. Celebrity Center. Do we have any uh, notable Dallas Scientologists? I don't know. John McKay? I don't know if he is.
3: But I just can't imagine there being, you know, the Buddhist celebrity center. You know, I don't know. You know, but a certain amount of that hierarchical stuff kind of appeals to people. You know, it provides a a linear path, a, a telesis of, you know, hey, at least I have a direct path. It's not muddy and and, you know, unclear, you know, and that appeals to a lot of us. We like black and white things that is very simple. Okay, to achieve this, you need to do this. That's a a lot of us, you know, that is very appealing to us. That's when you get that black and white thinking, that small-minded thinking that things have to be black and white and they have to be this way, and that's where fundamentalism creeps up. But it just seems strange that this... uh, I don't understand Scientology. I don't know if the Xenu stuff is true. You know what
1: this is? Uh, <laughs> that there highest... was a higher power that came and seeded the Earth? The highest level of Scientology supposedly you get the big
3: secret revealed to you. Of the secret of the world, I guess. And somebody, some disgruntled Scientologist that had risen all the way through the ranks purportedly had put this out on the Internet. And then, it, then everyone knew the secret of Scientology. And the story, and I'm gonna get it wrong i know because i'm going off of memory but there was some evil warlord named xenu and it was in another galaxy and it got overpopulated and um he decided to he, he he sent them all to earth i think and put them all in volcanoes and uh then sent nuclear weapons into the volcanoes and blew them up to kill all these people um they were from another world and then their souls were then trapped in a soul catching device kind of like ghostbusters that catches the ghost Mm -hmm. then they were all they were all up in the air and all these souls got sucked up into the soul catching devices and then they were released on earth as spirits and then they adopted these bodies that we have and so we're we're all the conflicts in us is from the various thetans which are these souls um, commingling and tortured souls at that so all of our neurosis is based on the fact that we have these various thetans in us that we need to clear ourselves up and that's when you rise so high in si- scientology you go through e-metering and auditing and they get rid of these thetans and at some point you become clear that's, and
1: so that's tom, what it's called some, he's tom, clear. Cruise. Tom, tom cruise certainly is clear.
3: clear he's beyond clear he's even higher than that at least that's what right. I'd love the to supposed story of Scientology is. I'd love is. not to have
1: voices in my head.
3: <laughs>
1: so, but you know what? If that's what
3: your religion's based on, then just say it outright. You know, give them the story. Say, look, I know it's fantastical or whatever, but we believe in fantastic stories. We believe in God coming to earth as man, becoming incarnate for some reason because there needed to be a blood sacrifice and, and some sort of atonement. Right. It's a repackaging of, of that story. And, um... All this sort of thing. I mean, we, we're we willing to believe, you know, miraculous stories. So put your miraculous story out there. Don't do this, you know. I mean, if Christianity did that, hey, you know, we're not going to, if you give us uh, $2 million, you'll eventually rise up to this particular vice presidential level and we'll give you the gospel of Luke. Lay it all out there for us. I don't know. Maybe we have a P one that is a Scientologist that can call us up and, and give us a little
1: insight on this. You know the most bodest part of the interview last night or the segment last night is uh I think he's hurting Scientology, by the way. You think so? Yeah. I
3: think whereas he once a was a backlash. I think whereas once he was a positive force for it. I think he's
1: a negative because he seems nuts. He he looked like he was on the verge of tears the whole time. His eyes were just totally moist and welling up and he just, his lips were pursed, you know, and he was just so upset about everything. But the, the worst part of it was, you know, you're talking about when he was filming Top Gun, he really wanted to get his pilot's license and he couldn't pass the tests. And then he talked about how, you know, through Scientology, I was able to focus my mind and, you know, I was able to finally get my pilot's license. And then so they have footage of, of Tom Cruise taking Diane Sawyer up in his plane. And his plane is called Kiss Me Kate.
3: Oh. <laughs> All right, coming up next, we'll try to line up a Scientologist to tell us
5: what we're talking about next.
6: be a baby. Hear Avery Johnson's No More Tears formula for the Mavs
1: Wednesdays at 1110 with Norm Hitzkiss. Brought to you by North Texas GMC Dealers,
6: the American Airlines Center and Sports Radio 1310 The Ticket.
3: 1135 Sports Radio 1310 The Ticket. you listen to The Rant. David Lane Corby. Oh, Whoa, What is David Lane and Gordon Keith with you until noon today. Alright, we were talking about Scientology. Tom Cruise had an interview with Diane saw you last night on Primetime Live. David said that even in his drunken haze, he could still tell that Tom Cruise was nuts. Yes. All right, and we're hoping that we can maybe get on a Scientologist to set the record straight about the religion. Don't just be telling us what the religion is not. Tell us what it is. Let's go to Brandon on Sports Radio thirteen ten The Ticket. Well,
5: I'm sad to say I'm not a
6: Scientologist, but I've found out a couple of facts about it that I haven't heard anybody say anything about. Um, apparently the guy who created this, uh, this, uh, religion, like, his name escapes me.
3: L. Ron Hubbard?
6: Yeah. He Sounds like you know less than we do. Yeah, apparently he was, uh, had some money problems, and a friend of his said that around the time he created his religion, he was just using it for a cash cow. Well,
3: you sound Basically like you certainly have a lot of evidence. Huh? You sound like you have a lot of evidence.
6: Well, it is. It's on the internet somewhere, but, uh, he did No, that's,
3: this story checks out. Hey, Brandon, thanks for the call, man. Dana, you're on Sports Radio 1310 The Ticket.
4: Hey, guys. How are you doing?
3: Doing well. How are you?
4: I'm well, thanks. Brandon actually is a little bit uh, on the right track. Um, I studied anthropology in college, that's what I got my degree in. And we studied L. Ron Hubbard, this whole Scientology bit. Yeah, he started it as a way to not pay taxes. And he kind of targeted certain celebrities like Orson Welles and Walt Disney to, um, to bring in money. And do you want to know what Scientology is? Sure. Okay. There's, it's all about energy and personal energy. Theta is like the positive, and theta is the negative. And um, when they get to operating Thetan, which Thetan is like your soul,
5: mm-hmm. when they get
4: to operating Thetan level three, they find out about Xenu. And what Xenu is, it's a gospel. And it's um, 75 million years ago, Xenu, the head of a galactic alliance of 76 planets, confronted with an overpopulation problem his solution was to freeze billions of beings transport them to earth deposit them near volcanoes and vaporize them with hydrogen bombs the remaining Thetans, disembodied spirits were captured and programmed with the false realities like major religions that pervade the earth today so some of these beings which are body thetans, have attached themselves to our bodies either singly or in clusters and so they use this e-meter and they go out and they audit people, and they find these thetans, and that's how they rise in levels. And what he is about to t- attain is, he's like at seven, OT-7, seven, Tom he's only OT-8, and that's why he's been so open, because that's part of his training. He has to get out there and, like, spread the word about Scientology, mm-hmm. and he's about ready to, it's some bridge, I don't know, it's like the bridge to knowledge or something that he's going to have to cross. So that's why he's become so open about it recently. But he's actually surpassed John John Travolta.
3: Oh, really? Yeah, I've been trying to follow that competition.
4: (laughs) Yeah, because John John Travolta isn't as open about it. And when I heard that... um, Actually, Radar Magazine did this fantastic article. I don't know if you've ever heard of Radar Magazine, but I'll dig it up and scan it in and email it to you. But it's really... The guy that wrote it, I mean, he got in some inner circle information um, talked to people that had been in the uh, the church and had defected because they talked about abuse i mean if you're not a celebrity you go to a work farm and you get treated like crap but if you're a celebrity
3: so how would i be treated that's that's all i'm worried about
4: well they were talking about when he married nicole kidman um he told that david miscavige the head of the church that all he wanted to do with his new bride was run through a field of flowers so they spent tens of thousands of dollars to, like, take this part of the desert where their main compound is and build this field of flowers. And it took them two weeks working day and night just so Tom and Nicole could go run through a field of flowers.
3: That's what I want. That's beautiful.
4: I know. That's awesome. Hey, I'm so sad you guys are leaving. I understand, but you'll be missed.
3: All right. Uh, and also with that Scientology article, uh, naked pictures of yourself if you have them lying around.
4: <laughs> you could only be so lucky. Yeah, bye. I know.
3: All right. Bye. Uh, yeah, and also I read the article in
1: Rolling Stone recently about Scientology. Did you grab that one? No. Yeah, it was good. What was the movie that Travolta made that was supposedly about? Battlefield
3: the- Earth. It was based on an L. Ron Hubbard book. Okay. Yeah. Hi, you're on Sports Radio 1310 The Ticket with noted Scientologist David Lane.
1: Not true.
6: Yes. What there is about Scientology is there's a common misconception that stems from a miscommunication. You see, what happened is... This, what you call thetans, are actually satans. And what it is not known is that it was actually created as a counter religion to Christianity, who, as you know, their me is Satan. And so, looking back, if you hear any transcripts from Alan Hubbard, you ask, he had a terrible lisp. And so, what he was trying to say as Satan has been picked up and ran with as Satan, thus causing a horrible miscommunication within the religion.
3: Mm, thank you for the insight. Appreciate it. Hi, you're on the
6: ticket. Yeah, man, uh, that girl was pretty much going right on. I'm a I'm a mailman, John the mailman. I've called him a lot. But um, the house I'm moving into back in 95, the lady who lived there before us was a Scientologist, and she went broke on the stuff, okay, had to leave the house and didn't leave a forwarding address. So we got all her Scientology bulk mail that came in. Mm-hmm. And back, we used to open up all that stuff and check it out and read the stuff. And it got to the point, I got so sick and tired of getting this mailings all the time, I started to get writing smart-ass answers on the questionnaires and send it back to them. And they ended up, you know, thinking it was me, thinking that I was her. And they ended up, you know, uh, sending me back all this stuff, trying to talk me down, so to speak. And you just wouldn't believe the, the huge amount. Of bulk mailings these Scientologists get from the, the people that are running it, and they send them tons of it, and it, the whole thing is about, you know, getting to the to the bridge and getting clear, and you have to, uh, they, they sell you these massive amounts of tapes and tape sets, you know, like, if, for instance, they'll say, we have this new tape set out, which will help you to get to this certain level of auditing, which will allow you to cross the bridge and become clear. And uh, you can order six of the tapes now for five hundred dollars, or you can order the whole sixteen tape set for twenty-five hundred dollars. And it's just a huge money-making scam. And it preys on these these the 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 uh, the whole entire uh, guilt that these that these people feel because all they do is go out and work a few hours a day and make millions of dollars and then they feel guilty because they've got that money and this preys upon their guilt of having this money and also being out there and left alone in the world so to speak out on an island and that's why the, the, this Scientology works on the rich so well is because they've got nothing better to do with it than to spend it on trying to find this this, their, cell. and also it makes the, 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 the main gist of what you get to when you're reading this deal about Scientology and reading their their, their, their their literature is that that you are who's in control. You are the one who chooses your destiny, not some god or not some other entity, but you choose whether you do this or not. The only problem is, is if you ain't got thousands and thousands and tens and thousands of dollars, you can't choose very much man. That's, has, uh, it sounds time like
3: to listen to 16 tapes? I don't know. That, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like, yeah, they handle all your problems by giving you a whole new set of problems to worry about. Buying this tape and doing this and getting clear and finding this bridge and so on. Yeah, no wonder you don't have enough time to worry about your problems anymore.
1: You've got a whole maze you've got to go through. I wonder if there's any, like, backward masking on these tapes, you know, to send them more money. Well,
3: not if the forward masking is saying, send us more money.
1: No, that's true.
5: Hi, you're on the ticket. Yeah, Gordon, I started listening late. Will you replay the uh, story about the illegal aliens working on the work farm and then we dump them in the volcano?
3: Oh, no, no, you're. it's not illegal aliens. Uh, that's a different issue going on right now. Hi, you're on the ticket. It's a good idea, though. Hi. Yeah?
7: Hello, it's George Devine. I'm uh, your stringer out in Oakland who does uh, Rangers Aid stuff when the Rangers are out here.
3: Yeah, George, you're on the air. Oh, I am? Yeah.
1: So what do you have to report to <laughs> do, us? Do you need to talk to the ticker? Uh, yeah, hey,
7: to talk gentlemen? to the guys in the back.
1: All right. Well, what's, what's your report? Do you have a pregame report?
7: No, I cover the Rangers and A's games when the, the Rangers are out here. I just want to check in with you guys.
3: Okay, well, what's what's happening out there right now with the Rangers and A's?
7: Well, it's raining right now in Oakland. And there's some doubt whether they might get the game in, but the field has been covered overnight, and they should be able to uh, probably get it in. The field's been in good condition in Oakland. The Rangers looked great last night and erased their bugaboo against Barry Zito, but today they got to go against Rich Harden, who might be uh, one of the best pitchers you know in recent memory for the A's. Harden, uh, you know, a lot of people say he's better than Tim Hudson.
3: George, let's kind of get your take on Scientology.
7: Uh, I, all I know is, is that when I go to lunch in downtown San Francisco, they try to sell me books.
3: Do you buy them? No. Are you willing to go on the air right now, George, and take a stand against Scientology? No. Why not?
7: Well, you know, they practice what they want to practice, and, you know...
3: But you think it's BS.
7: Uh, no, I mean, I practice parallel parking, and, you know, nobody you know, gives me a bad time, so... Yes, but you, but you think Scientology is
3: BS, don't
7: you? No, I don't.
3: Admit it. And you've also gone on record saying that Scientologists can't touch you, that they can never find out where you live. Why did you say that?
7: <laughs> uh, because I'm covered with Crisco, and they can't hold on to me.
3: Why do we have an insane man being a stringer for us out there in <laughs> Oakland? All right, George, George, we're going to uh, put you on hold and let you give your anti-Scientology report to our ticker guy, okay? Okay. Okay, hold on. Take one more call. Hi, you're on Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket.
6: Hey, good
1: morning. Hey. I'd like to expand on what Dina said. Okay. Um, I think the only... I'd like to expand on Dina. There is that it. I think it was Palpatine,
5: who was uh, posing as an ambassador, was really over Zeus.
1: So it's a combination of Star Wars and Greek mythology? <laughs> yes. Hi, you're on The Ticket. Hello, your bulbous
3: crotch is on The Ticket.
5: Uh yeah, I live next door to the Scientology Celebrity Center on uh, Buckner Boulevard. Oh, you do? Yeah.
3: You're not that big old place that has about 4 acres associated with it, are you?
5: <laughs> no, I'm not, but they got a pretty big house over there though. It's uh and they when they moved in, they uh they they came in and gave us pamphlets and saying, "Hey, we're going to fix up the house and make it all nice and all that." And so we went in over there for their uh, little orientation. And, you know, we kept asking, you know, what's your religion all about? And they're like, well, I was born a Baptist. I, she was born a Catholic and all that. But they would never say what their religion was. So it was kind of weird. They said, they, then they promised they were going to fix up the house. They haven't done anything to it. I've never seen a single celebrity. Basically, I think it's just uh, the higher ups living in a nice house so that they can, uh, you know, live off the, the people that pay them the $2,500 for the 16 tapes.
3: And you live right beside them.
5: Well, I live like two houses down, so.
3: And they can't so you. So you, now you will be killed.
5: Yes, I probably will. Because oh, you've crap, just I gone on idea.
3: the air against them.
5: <laughs> I better uh, go inside and, uh, you know, pump out the shotgun there or something. There, I don't know. Well, they
3: apparently you should them, rub man. yourself down with Crisco. <laughs> Would that work? That's the antidote. At least it oh, works wow. on the West Coast. Okay, okay I'll That's give that a shot. The antidote to Scientology is Crisco.
5: Crisco. So will that work like against, you know, kryptonite and all that
1: or what no no just Scientology
5: okay all right well I appreciate the help there
3: hey appreciate one of your last phone calls being to the ticket buddy (laughs) thank you All all right coming up next Dave tells us the story of what he did to a girl that caused a horrible mess Eleven fifty-seven, Sports Radio thirteen ten, The Ticket. Today is April fifteenth. You know what Monday is? Well, today is actually normally tax day. Right, April fifteenth.
1: That's the day. But we because have the it falls on the weekend, you get a reprieve, and you don't have to have your taxes in until Monday. Yeah, so they gave us a big reprieve. Two days. Uh huh. Did, did you? have you already turned in your taxes?
3: You know, I got them to the.
1: Uh, I guess
3: you pronounce it CPA. CPA. Oh, you say out the letters. Okay. Uh, I got them to him, you know, like a month ago, which is great for me because I just did my taxes for 2003 and 2004. I got those done four months ago. What? Yeah. Did you get an extension or you just didn't pay them? No, got an extension. They owed me tons of money. I didn't owe them anything, but I was just so late in getting my taxes done. Hmm. It's just taxes get complicated and they're tired, heady, and you have to chase this down and make sure you remember this and that and where everything is and how are you going to classify this and how are you going to classify that and, you know, that sort of thing. So I just got my 2003-2004 taxes done within the past six months. That's crazy. And I got my 2005 done under the deadline. And so get money CPA, back this year? My CPA is just sitting on it. I have no idea. I'm assuming so. I usually get back a lot, but but this time I tried to um, do it differently. Like the last two months of last year, I called upstairs and said, "Hey, have them withhold no taxes because I think I'm way ahead." Hmm. So maybe it'll come out to zero this year. Weird. So Dick Cheney and, of course, President Bush, they have to do their taxes. And for some reason, they always release this information. Why is that? If you're a public official, they have to release it? I guess,
1: yeah. I think, I think all uh, public figures, like all uh, congressmen and representatives, I think their information is published, too. You know,
3: every once in a while, I flirt with the fantasy of running for public office. You know, some local... Why? I don't know. For some reason, it appeals to me. I think, you know, gosh, it'd be good to get in there and try to do things right and, you know, try to affect positive change and do away with these stupid BS of the Democratic and Republican Party and just try to get something done. And then I hear that if you hold public office, then you are a public person and all of a sudden people have access to all your private information. You have no rights to privacy anymore. Like now, some lawyer told me that I am a limited-purpose public person, which I hate that. So I'm trying to figure out now how to become a private person, but just, you know, go by a different name on radio, and that's a character I play. I don't know if that'll work. So I never can do it. So I'm scared away from ever doing anything positive in the public sector because all it means is you're all of a sudden open for attack, and people have to know your finances. Like these guys. Why, yeah. why do we have to have their finances? I don't know. But we do. We know. You want to hear? I mean, why can't there just be some independent board that reviews and says, okay, yeah, they aren't doing anything illegal. But why, do, why do we all have to know their private business? Just because they're kind enough to do a public job for us
1: that we elected them to do. Because we're curious. We want to know. That's what it basically comes down to. I mean, you, you guys had the show on the Musers. Well, I think it was brought up months ago, but then it just came up the other day when uh, that article in CNN Money or whatever came out about uh, salaries people make. Uh Uh-huh. And you're just curious as the next person. Yeah. So who do you think made more money, Bush or Cheney last year? Cheney. Yeah. By a long shot. The Bushes, uh, George and Laura together, they had uh, an adjusted gross income of $735,000 roughly. I beat that. They paid... I mean... They paid just under $188,000 in federal taxes, and they made charitable contributions of uh, a little more than $75,000. Now, the Cheney's, their adjusted gross income was $8.82 million. Ooh. It was padded with uh, income they received by exercising stock options. Uh, they donated six point eight seven million dollars to charity. Oh my gosh! Of of eight million dollars? Yeah, six point eight seven million they donated to charity. And yeah, but they're
3: still evil, right? We still have to make them evil no matter what. And they're going to—they're not real people, right?
1: The Cheneys are expected to get a one point nine million dollar refund on their taxes. So that's pretty sweet. I don't understand. I'm going to get like eight hundred bucks back, and I'm I'm winning. You imagine getting a check for 1.9 million dollars from the IRS. So if you're Dick Cheney,
3: and you're that rich, why do you work? I guess that's how you get that rich—is
1: you're that connected with yeah. your work. Well, I mean, his like his salaries—he he gets uh, 205,000 for being vice president, and he gets 211,000 in deferred compensation from Halliburton, and then everything else is just. Uh, from uh, you Stocks. know stock options and stuff.
3: Unbelievable. Well, good for him. I'm glad he's successful. That's what we all want to be, right? No kidding. We all want to be that rich. So why should we get mad at the people who actually found a way to do it? I'm not mad about it. We
1: all have right. Ticket Sports Saturday in here. Yes, I guess we we're do. running late. Who do we got here? Hello, Mom. Check one, two. Check, check. We you on? do, uh, oh, we Hip Hop pause in there. Got All it of under Paul control.
3: Stoned out of his gourd, <laughs> God! I haven't seen him with his so, wig on. He is so stoned. Uh,
0: Ty Walker and Pete Stein.
3: All right, we need to just switch to the middle mic. Oh, Ty, he's man. never going to figure oh, it dear. out. There you go. He's so stoned. What's up, guys? All right, Ty and uh, Pete Stein. Who, Pete? I apologize mm. on behalf of Have my you broadcast healed? brethren. Spent the last hour for being apologizing so mean to the you. Station.
2: There's no need to apologize. I got so much uh, P1 love out of that whole year. Good here. And I Good. appreciate your support, by the way. Yes,
1: I came out publicly on the air and supported you. <laughs> Which
2: on Which surprised me, but uh, I don't know why.
1: <laughs> why? Me. Well, had that not happened to you, he probably would have hated you. But since he was beaten to the punch, then he <laughs> right. he felt like he had to be sorry. So for you
3: him. came on and crossed up with us, and we kind of, you know, had fun with you and, you know, razzed you a little right. bit. But it you just guys
2: had the opportunity to slam me and pass. It on just it. didn't seem as mean.
3: <laughs> and i think it you know in in defense of the hard line i think it came off meaner than they ag- who are had, you had even meant it
2: yeah no you know what i think those guys took got way too much grief over the whole yeah. deal they were just being the hard line that's mm-hmm. their deal I, I fully expected those guys to give me a hard time so i i, I was shocked at how big a deal it became but <laughs> um it's the ticket so and you're done <laughs> well uh
3: what do you guys got coming up on the show today Lots of sports. I'm
2: going to delve into Scientology here.
3: Five, (laughs) four, three. What's the countdown for? One, and And hit the theme. And you're done.
7: (laughs) Four, three, two, and.